Hey guys, it's Ed and I'm coming to you live from quarantine here in Detroit. And we have some really good stuff for you today. I am so excited. Uh, I've been sitting on the scoop for about a week now. Will and I have vetted it. And I can say with 100% certainty that what you're about to hear is completely true as of right now. Whether it happens or not, of course, is um, uh, uh, anyone's guess. <clears throat> That being said, um, Will will be joining us later in the show remotely, as has become our custom. Um, and I think he's really glad right now that I can't host Politalk with him. Um, I'm actually almost positive he is glad that I can't. Um, anyways, on to the good stuff. The reason why you hired me. Um, so... As we all know, The View is looking at some of the best ratings uh, they've had since the uh, 2016 election. And <clears throat> despite their pivots um, towards pop culture, feeling spectacularly, they still do like to have... Um, celebrities, and especially an actress, at the table. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg has not made any... Um, she's not had her desire to leave the show at all. Um, you know, she went on Wendy Williams last year and said, hey, like, this is probably going to be my last year. Of course, that didn't happen, and she came back for another season. And a lot of people have questioned why she would leave. The truth of the matter is, is I don't think that there's any rhyme or reason um, why she wants to go other than she doesn't really need the work. Um, you know, she's filthy rich beyond anything. Um, she's an EGOT winner. She's still booking acting jobs. Uh, and she is a producer of the... Sister Act musical. But there is something to be said for having a steady paycheck. However, anyone who's watched The View recently has realized she's not having the nonsense anymore. She's completely over the nastiness and the whatever. And I, you guys probably remember that I told you that The View was going to use Rosie O'Donnell as a way to either get Whoopi to sign or ensure that they had a huge star at the table. Now, Rosie has never actually made it through um, an entire season of The View. Uh, her limit seems to be June. Um, and as far as I can tell, she's not been back since her last co-hosting stint when she replaced Barbara Walters. But she's she is definitely interested. Um, and what I'm hearing, and I've told you guys this before, ABC was actually de developing um, a talk show for Rosie O'Donnell um, when she left. Um... And 
So, because they really want someone of her stature, especially in the daytime world, uh, they really want someone like her um, there. They want they want someone like her to anchor their lineup. Uh, as of right now, Rosie is not in active negotiations with ABC to return to the view or daytime at all. I am hearing that she is <clears throat> close to possibly getting a political talk show, um, but I'm working on confirming that information. But ABC is looking at someone else joining the panel. We've talked a lot about Megan McCain leaving. Um, we've also talked a lot about Sarah Haynes rejoining the panel. Um, Sarah Haynes rejoining has nothing to do with Megan leaving and vice versa. Sarah Haynes would be coming back um, to replace Abby Huntsman, who replaced her when she left to do the straight hand Sarah in Kiki Talk show that has just uh, horrifically failed. Um, but, again, that um, Sarah's rejoining the cast has nothing to do with Megan. Megan leaving would not um, have anything to do with this big news that I'm about to drop on you. Um, but I do want to say that I'm still hearing that producers are working on a way um, to get her out. Um, my source is working on trying to find out who the leading uh, female is. They wanna, they wanna do kind of a rotating host, um, as they have in all with all the past, to see who strikes the best chord with the audience. Um, but here is what I'm hearing. In an effort to get Whoopi to sign or walk, ABC is dipping into their primetime pool and trying to lure. Sarah Gilbert to The View. Now this would be, this would set off fireworks all over daytime because of course Sarah Gilbert created the CBS ripoff of The View, The Talk. And she left The Talk last year under the guise of wanting to spend more time with her family. Um, this was just before she and her wife, Linda Perry, announced that they were splitting. Uh, this would be the first credible threat to Whoopi's position as moderator uh, that we've had. It would also be the very first time uh, that an actor, um, a, a primetime actress, who is currently on a show, would be holding the moderator position. And this does not sit well with Joy Behar, who is livid over this. So why is Joy livid? Because she believes that if Whoopi goes, she is next in line, and she should be next in line, to take over the moderator duties. Now, this is not a Barbara Walters, Whoopi Goldberg situation where Barbara, Barbara will sheepishly, sheepishly ask for permission to moderate. Uh, Joy has been regulated to moderating on Fridays when Whoopi is off, or would normally be off, 
if it were not for the pandemic. But with all that being said, Joya Sully's felt that she should get that promotion for having been with the show nearly all of its existence. She's been on the show for 22 seasons, um, with only, I believe, seven season 17 um, being off since she was let go. And she likes to joke that they realized their mistake and asked her to come back almost immediately. And she... You, this is one of those situations where the host and the show need one another. Um, Joy Behar is nothing without The View. She learned that when her MSNBC show went up in flames. Um, you know, Whoopi Goldberg will be fine with her without The View. Um, Megan McCain will be fine with her without The View. But Joy Behar is The View somehow. She is... Uh, and coalesced herself around it, and it, um, while it's not her show per se, um, the show is known widely for her, and she is known for the show. Uh, so she's not very pleased right now that Sari Gilbert might be taking over. My source says that the flip side to all of this is, if Sarah Gilbert does take over as moderator... When she's filming the Connors, uh, she's been promised time off and will likely um, have Joy substitute for her. Uh, again, this is all um, early in the process. It's something that ABC has wanted for quite a while now, to be honest. Um, they have, when they relaunched the Connors, they had thought Sarah Gilbert would. Uh, at least co-host The View on occasion, but she wasn't allowed to because of her contract with CBS. When her contract with CBS ended, uh, she left and um, freed her up. Now, there could be provisions, uh, and we're, that's what we're trying to work right now to find out why um, it didn't happen. We think that there were provisions right after she left the talk, um, that prevented her from hosting another daytime show um, probably for about six months. That seems to be the general consensus, um, but my source is working on finding out why. She's also working to see how Whoopi is reacting to this. Um, for, for all intents and purposes, nobody believes that she's happy. Um, everyone really, truly believes that she has... Um, that this might be the thing that sets her off and actually forces her to exit. Uh, and one final thing. We know, I know that normally when a co-host is leaving The View, they announce it um, a little bit earlier and it's a big buildup. However, I think in Whoopi's case, they're not going to do that. Um, I think it. I do think that there's going to be a big, big goodbye, but I don't think they're going to announce it until they're all in studio together. The pandemic may have delayed the announcement that she's leaving, uh, if that's indeed what happens. Of course, this is a big story. I'm going to stay on top of it. My source is supposed to be getting me more information for you guys. So I'm going to, I'll bring it to you as soon as I get it, but for right now, I'm going to take a break and I'll be right back.
and I'm back. So, all right, I know that last, I know the last segment was very, very heavy. So I'm gonna take it a little bit light on you guys now. <laughs> so I've been, I was reading um, Blind Gossip and they revealed an item about Cristiano Ronaldo eating spaghetti with a spoon. Now, of course, there's nothing quite scandalous about this. Um, in, in all honesty, I don't even know why it was a blind item. I don't know why they covered it at all. It seems kind of silly to me. Um, they made a big to-do about his physique, of course. Um, which, let me just tell you. Oh, oh my god. Gorgeous. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be in so much trouble for that. <laughs> but y'all know what I'm talking about. Like, he's a very good looking man. And so, you know, I just, mm, yum. <laughs> and there are, there are, of course, rumors swirling around that he is gay and has a long-term boyfriend, which he denies. Um, and that was part of... I thought when I first read the blind that that's where they were going with it. Like, oh, like he was on vacation with his lover. But no, they literally just made the whole blind item about him eating spaghetti with a spoon. And they made it to be some sort of scandal. And that got me to thinking about like other other types of food and like uh, I don't know if you all remember, but Bill de Blasio and his first term as mayor of New York City scandalized his new constituents by eating pizza with a fork and knife. Um, I can't remember who it was, but here in Detroit, um, there was another food-related scandal where um, some... I, whoever it was, uh, it was a politician, but he ate his coney dog by putting ketchup on it. And people were like, oh my lord, only a psychopath does that. Um, and let me tell you, I, like, I don't eat pizza with a fork and knife. Um, I do put ketchup on my coney dogs. For those of you who are not from Michigan and who are wondering what the hell I'm talking about, a coney dog is a chili dog. Um... They're, the diners here are called Coney Islands, and um, one in particular, I believe it was National Coney Island, came up with putting chili on the dog, um, onions, and mustard, and selling them for relatively cheap. Um, I believe back in the day, they were like 60 cents or something. Um, anyways, but you know, every region has their own kind of way of eating. Um, and, but the whole thing with Chris, Cristiano Ronaldo was confuzzling to me because I was like, what? Why does it matter how he eats the spaghetti? Like, they made, they were going into details about how he cut up the pasta with the spoon and would only eat a spoonful at a time, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, of course I'm talking about it, so, but I'm talking about it because I don't understand a lot of these food scandals. Y'all know I have no love lost for Donald Trump, 
But even when people were making a big to-do about him putting ketchup on his steak, I was like, who fucking cares? <laughs> you know? I, I, I don't get it. You know, it's one of those things where I'm kind of like, um, I think some of us just want to be mad to be mad. And that's honestly what it, it seems to be boiling down to at this point. Uh, you know, because it really makes no kind of sense to have uh, ketchup on steak is considered the worst thing that Trump has done. The man literally blackmailed Ukraine, but Republicans don't care about that. But you, they see him put ketchup on a on a steak, and oh my god. It's like the world has ended. You would have thought he dressed in a tan suit or something. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. I I think in this case, it, it was just overblown. And it almost seemed like he they just needed a post. And I know you're asking why, if I think that they just needed a post and they they just posted it, um, why am I talking about it? I'm talking about it because, um, not because I actually need a segment, I actually bumped something for this. Uh, To me, it's it's important that we start getting our priorities straight, you know? I, I feel, you know, yeah, there are gossip sites just like this is a gossip podcast, but you, there are so many things out there that are happening that the way someone eats just doesn't really matter. Um, and I, I say that to Ace and Blind Gossip as my friends. Like, I truly have love for them. I think they are groundbreaking and one of a kind. But I also think that at some point, we kind of are crossing barriers here. Um, if, if Cristiano had been with his lover, that's something to talk about. You know, this man could literally help millions of people around the world feel better about themselves if he would come out. Uh, and I say if he would come out because I, I do believe that he is gay. I do believe he, he does have a long-term boyfriend. Um, I've seen I've seen him being outed on multiple occasions and there's enough evidence that I'm convinced but him eating his spaghetti with a spoon just is a letdown to me you know what I mean I like I just don't understand why that's a thing that happened like why that's a thing that we needed to know that happened you know if he gets caught sucking dick in a public restroom pile it on but eating spaghetti with with a spoon I don't really care um so I'm gonna get lots of hate mail for this um please send to ed anderson 00 at gmail.com author ed uh, author ed a on twitter author ed anderson on insta and facebook and I will be right back and I'm back this Sunday, Just Sam was crowned the newest American Idol. Um, her runner-up was Arthur Gunn. And, 
And to be honest, this seemed like a fairy tale for just Sam. Uh, she had originally, I believe, missed her audition, and the judges ended up letting her um, come on anyways. And from there, she just grew. Now, of course, uh, American Idol was true on to the season because of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, I believe there were only like three or four live shows, um, which is not customary. They usually have a much longer set. Um, and in fact, they went from the top 11 to the top seven. Um, and then for the grand finale, they went from the top seven to the top um, two. So five people were cut all at once uh, with American um, Americans voting uh, during the show. And she, did, she didn't debut her new single um, on the show, which was, of course, also customary. Uh, instead, they opted to do a new version of Lionel Richie's mega hit, We Are the World, um, with all of the top 11 finalists. Um, Just Sam did take the lead opposite Lionel Richie, but it was, I don't know, it was, it was just very weird. During the broadcast, um, a lot of folks noted that Ryan Seacrest seemed to have had a stroke or something because um, his reactions were delayed. Um, he seemed to be um, one size seemed to be puffier. Uh, his agent said nothing like that happened. Uh, but adding to the speculation was the fact that he missed live with Kelly and Ryan on Monday morning. My source says that it was already prearranged. He had already taken the day off um, because he was just exhausted. He had already, he let them know um, before um, um, American Idol's finale that he needed to take some time to get himself together, you know, and just rest up. <clears throat> they also believe that he is starting to focus on his exit from the show at this point and they are um, they're preparing to move on without him. Uh, one thing, and this is, I know this is about just Sam, but I just want to say this real fast, guys. Um, they are looking to replace Kelly Ripa. That exclusive is coming um, in the coming weeks. My, my source and my friend are working on confirming that ABC Disney wants to get rid of uh, Kelly Ripple, which has uh, been a, along the rumor. Uh, which, of course, Kelly Ripple has been hosting for 20 years now, or close to 20 years. Um, but I'll, I'll bring that to you as soon as I get more dish on that, um, and as soon as Will and I have vetted everything. But... Um, so Ryan Seacrest, the the story of Ryan Seacrest allegedly having health issues overtook just Sam's big victory, <laughs> which is a little bit sad. Um, just Sam did release her new single overnight, um, and it's doing fairly well. Um, I haven't looked at the Billboard Hot 100 yet. I don't I don't anticipate that it's on there, 
Uh, it, and this is going to sound really mean, but these musical competitions have not actually done anything. Like, they have not turned out any stars. Um, to be honest, the last pick star they turned out was Carrie Underwood, I think. You know, I know someone's going to, I can't even remember his name, Daughtry. Chris Autry. Um, some will argue um, that he's a big star. I guess you I, I guess you could have a point there. But if you look at the first winners, they actually did something. Kelly Clarkson has multiple Grammy Awards. Um, and I believe is or at least was the most successful idol um, for a very long time. Um, Carrie Underwood is very successful. Even if you don't like her, you have to admit she's successful. Um, I believe she has a couple of Grammys. She's really expanded her presence. Catherine McPhee, uh, while not successful in music, has parlayed her fame into an acting career. She was on Scorpion for four seasons. Uh, you know, she she's done fairly well for herself. Um... But I think the really the last megawatt star that they they really produced was um, Carrie Underwood, Kelly Pickler. I guess maybe you could make a a case, but not really because what does she do anymore? And I'm not trying to be mean about any of them. I think you know they're all probably very talented, but they just don't break through. Um, and The Voice hasn't produced any big stars at all. Um, I hope um, Jassam actually has um, a chance. I, I think she's very talented. I think she has a, an amazing voice. I'm just not 100% certain that um, she's going to break through the way they think. And especially since Idol's ratings have been less than desirable. Less than desirable. I know y'all are going to start writing in like, did that have a stroke while he was recording? No, I just can't talk. <laughs> and speaking of not being able to talk, I'm going to take a break, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. So, let's talk some Wendy Williams. Y'all, I don't know what the hell is going on with her. You know... I just, I don't even know anymore what to say about her. And I know some people are going to be like, oh, you're so mean, you're so this. I just don't. She's so nasty to people. Um, and honestly, the few times I've watched Wendy at home, I don't think she actually wants to be there. And come at me. Yell at me all you want. I'm not going to change my mind. I don't believe she actually wants to be hosting her show. That's, I think that's all there is to it. Um, I think if she actually wanted to host her show, she would be a little bit more enthusiastic. Um, you know, Kelly Clarkson has been doing remote shows and shows from home, but she actually seems like she's enjoying it. Now... I know people are going to say, well, that's not a fair comparison. Um, Kelly's show is not even a year old. So she's probably still having fun and trying to maintain her um, track record. Fine. I, 
you know what? You're absolutely correct. Um, Wendy has been doing this for 11 seasons. But that's why I think that she should be enjoying it more. Um, you know, Drunk Gossip is two years old now. And every time I record, I love it. Um, you know, I Will and I have decided that doing it five days a week is probably not prudent. Um, because we're not a daily talk show. You know, and yes, celebrity gossip happens all the time, but I don't like covering the same material over and over and over again. Um, I like it when there's a new wrinkle or a new story to talk about. Uh, and so that's why we've kind of worked out to where we're doing it the way we're doing it. But, you know, that's... That's the whole thing. Um, and I'm not paid millions of dollars. Trust me, if I were, my ass would never stop. I would I would just yak, yak, and yak. Uh, but Wendy Williams honestly just doesn't seem to care anymore. I don't know if it's the talk show she's tired of, if it's the distribution company, um, or what's going on. But I just... She doesn't seem to actually want to be there. And to that end, she has decided to take a medical leave to deal with her Graves' disease. Um, uh, She's taking a leave for their blaming the Graves' disease. They said that they'll let us know when they are going to um, start production back up. But here's the thing. I think she got herself into too much trouble. Um, When you tell your audience you don't care what they think, when you tell your audience um, that they're they're mean or they're bullies or they're stupid, when you're the biggest bully there is, on screen and off, you turn them off. You know, we've talked before about how um, Demar Mercury is looking for a replacement for Wendy um, because they really do, I think they're really tired of um, how she's acting. You know, we talked about in the Sarah Gilbert segment, we talked about, you know, um, ABC wanting to develop a show for Rosie O'Donnell. I think they would be very wise to go talk to Rosie and develop a show with her. she has a very distinct vision. Um, some people will argue that she's very difficult to work with. And all of this is true. Rosie doesn't deny any of it. But the other part of this that is true is she actually loves what she does. And I think uh, her own personal talk show is better suited for her than the panel. Uh, Because Rosie is very um, tunnel-visioned when it comes to figuring out what she wants to do and all all this good stuff. So with Wendy taking her graves, um, her her leave because of her, allegedly because of her um, graves disease, Some people are saying, well, you know, what else is going on? Well, according to my source, 
um, she was in trouble because when you're in production, you're supposed to have X amount of your staff working with you. Obviously, she's not going to have cameramen come to her New York City apartment because I don't care how rich you are. Those, those places are still tiny. Um, and you can tell that her her uh, her city apartment is not um, very large. So you're not going to bring your camera crew back. You you are going to film using a computer, which is what it looks like she was using, or your cell phone. Um, but I think it's she kept and. In, Getting involved in all these controversies. Um, she went after Nene Leakes and, you know, all these other famous people. And, um, you know, she was getting in trouble for that. She was getting in trouble for not having... I think she had one producer working at Norm Guy. None of her other producers were working... Um, and at this point, according to my source, none of them are getting paid. And it's it's like, what in the world is going on? Um, now, of course, she cannot be completely blamed for um, them not paying, for the distribution and production company not paying the crew. Um, I do think she could be a voice if she wanted to be and step up and say, hey, pay, pay our people. Like, it, that's only right. Um, but she's not completely to blame for that. But she is completely to blame for um, being nasty to people and, and the way she treats people. And I think during this pandemic, um, we're seeing a lot of people who were once really hot um, lose their step and lose um, their their position as a, a top tier celebrity because they're not being kind. Um, you know, we're seeing with Ellen. Ellen is, you know, so presents herself as being very kind and whatever, um, and it's coming out that she's very mean, which we already knew. We've talked about that. So, uh, you know, I think, I don't think Ellen's going to tumble down. I don't think Wendy's going to necessarily tumble down. Um, but I do think she needs to get her, her house in order, so to speak, and come back and be nicer to people. And I'm going to take a break, and I'll be right back. And I am back. Um, just so you guys know, this is going to be a super-sized show, um, so I really hope you like it. Okay. <laughs> We're going to talk about Tom Hanks now. Um, Rita Wilson, his wife, has been making the talk show rounds, promoting her new music, and especially her new single, I can't think of what it's called right now, but, um, um, but, so she's busy doing that, he, and while she was busy doing that, he, he was busy selling his new movie. Okay, not Tom Hanks himself. Sony Pictures was set to release Greyhound, a World War II pick, over Father's Day weekend. 
Now, you think World War II and Tom Hanks, and you can just hear the box office surges just going crazy. Um, with Middle America, especially with um, Middle American men, Tom Hanks is a god. They love him. Super talented, guy's guy, nice guy. Um, wives love him. Husbands love him. Kids know him as Mr. Rogers or Woody um, from Toy Story. Uh, so, you know, the movie was bound to make some serious cash. However, because of the pandemic and because of, um, because of el Oscar eligibility changes, Sony ended up selling the movie to Apple TV+. Now, let's just take a second here and talk about how the industry is changing. Um, and I, I do want to set the record straight on one thing, and I did my research before I recorded this segment. According to the new Oscar rules, while stay-at-home orders are in place, any movie that debuts on streaming is eligible for Best Picture and all the other Oscars. However, once those restrictions are lifted and it is safe, the former rules go back into place. I've heard many times over the last couple weeks about how this is not a thing that's going to happen. You know, this is not something that's happening. Um, and, or that they're not going to revert back to their former rules, um, that Netflix was finally getting its way. That is not the case, I promise you. Um, it's written right there in the press release from the Oscars themselves. Um, it does say, um, once it's safe and these orders are lifted, uh, and you can actually go to a theater, uh, the rules will revert back in any movie release on streaming after the um after the orders are listed and the rules are reverted back will not be eligible for Oscars. Okay. But it's it's probably fair to say that um Tom Greyhound and and Tom Hanks will be eligible for an Oscar. Um, the, the other caveat to the rule is they have to release it to the Academy Screening Room streaming service um, within 60 days of its initial release. And I'm sure Sony, Sony Pictures is going to do this. Um, and they're going to probably put forth a big push for Tom Hanks, at least as lead actor, um, the cool thing about Greyhound, though, and I don't want to talk about this movie without talking about this aspect of it, Tom Hanks actually wrote the movie himself, which I thought was just amazing. Um, I mean, obviously it was filmed and written before the pandemic, before he became um, completely linked to... Um, the pandemic. But. Um, I just think it's really cool that he. He, he wrote it. Um, 
and he was um, because he wanted to star in it. He wanted to, you know. So that's just amazing. Um, some people are already speculating that he is going to take home another Oscar for original screenplay. Um, I don't know 100% if that's true. Um, I am thinking, um, and I, I have to dig more into the movie, but I, I think he'll at least be nominated. Um, and uh, as of right now, I've not seen anyone comment on um, whether it was inspired or adapted from a book that he had rights to or anything like that. Uh, but... Um, almost certainly he'll get an Oscar nomination for that. And I could actually see him getting an Oscar nomination for, at least for lead actor, um, again. Uh, it, I don't know if people remember this or not, but um, at the 92nd Academy Awards back in February, he was up for Best Supporting Actor, which was the first time he had been nominated in something like 16 years. <laughs> So, I think that's definitely something to think about there. Um, so, tell me what you guys think about Tom Hanks, the screenwriter. You know all the social media. Um, and you can like us on Facebook now at um, Junk Gossip. So, make sure you do that. I'm going to take a break, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. And we're going to do a true crime leading up to about Will taking over with Politalk. Okay, so. A Turkish soccer player. Uh, and forgive me, I'm not going to get his name right. It's Sevar Takis, I believe. Lost his son on April 23rd of this year, of 2020. Uh, his son... Kasim was believed to have had the coronavirus. So, um, the, the child had, was having a coffee fit, a coughing fit. Um, so they rushed him to the hospital where he was tested for COVID-19 and the test came back negative. Um, and here's the thing, I just need everyone to know this. Despite a negative result for the coronavirus, there's a chance that that is a false negative. You still need to take precautions and you probably should be retested if you continue exhibiting symptoms. Uh, for Kasem, uh, that didn't happen because he died. Kasem. Uh, was rushed to the ICU when he stopped breathing um, after Sevar, Sevar um, called doctors in a panic, letting them know that his kid was, uh, was not breathing anymore. So they rushed him to the ICU and tried to save him, um, but he died two hours later. And... This is all very sad on its own. Uh, you know, let's let's face it. Anytime a child dies, uh, it's it's a sad occasion. 
what makes this even sadder, though, is Kasem didn't have to die. He was murdered. On May 4th of 2020, Sevar turned himself into the police. An autopsy had been done on the five-year-old. And for whatever reason, foul play hadn't turned up. But Sevar went to the police and admitted to smothering his son with the pillow. He walked police through exactly what he did, saying that he smothered him until his son... um, his son struggled at first, and when he stopped struggling, Sever took the pillow off of his mouth, or off of his face, and then called the doctors so they wouldn't suspect that anything wrong had taken place. Uh, he said that he turned himself in and confessed to the murder because he was full of remorse. But, and here is the weirdest part of the whole story. So he's confessing to this, this horrific, horrific crime, saying that he was remorseful, saying that, you know, he felt really guilty about what he had done. But then he turns around and says that he never loved his son. He said from the time Kaysen was born, he never bonded with him. He never felt love for him. And he doesn't know why. He he claims he's not mentally ill. And I know some people are out there are going to say, well, you know, parents don't always love their kids. And I get that. I get that some people see kids as a means to an end. But in this case... I don't know. Something feels very suspect. Um, I've been looking into the relationship. I have not found anything. Um, there's not really much about Kaysen's mother. Um, because one of the first theories that I read was that the mother had been cheating on said her, and that was why he didn't love the little boy as his own. And that honestly could completely be true. Um, and it would make a lot of sense if you thought that um, Kaysen was the result of his female companion uh, cheating on him. Another darker theory is that Sevier did not willingly conceive the child. Um, Now, there's not a lot um, of evidence to support this, uh, but basically it says that he was, um, he could have been date raped. And the child is a constant reminder of what happened. Again, there's nothing to substantiate this, and there's nothing to um, Prove, prove it at all. But it is something that I think one could feasibly think about. Uh, um, the third theory 
was just he is mentally ill um and that seems to be the most likely here um you know since he is turkish um it would stand a reason that he would um not want to appear unmanly um and admit to having a mental illness again this is all um these are all theories and we will see um he's awaiting trial right now like the rest of the world um turkey is on lockdown amid coronavirus fears um but as his trial picks up we will most definitely be covering it so that's going to do it for me for today thank you all so much for listening uh, and until next time, I will talk to you later. But stay tuned. Will with Politalk is next. Welcome back, ladies, gentlemen, and others, to Politalk. I'm going to skip my standard Rona talk joke because unlike the last couple of weeks, we actually have some good political news to cover this time. Well, good political news and heavy air quotes. Good for my ability to keep y'all interested and provide stories about something other than the coronavirus, maybe, but bad for my brain cells and continued peace of mind and sanity. We got what many are calling an early preview of the Trump 2020 presidential campaign this weekend, courtesy of Dumb and Dumber, a.k.a. Donald and Eric Trump. In two separate Fox News interviews, the president's sons insisted, without even scraps of evidence, obviously, that Joe Biden is a pedophile and that the coronavirus is a hoax perpetuated by the Democratic Party to rob their father, the president, of his most effective campaign tactic going into the election. Now, the Trump brothers' latest bout of public stupidity came on the heels of what has turned out to be a very scandal-filled week for the Trump administration and its allies in Congress. Since I last recorded Politalk, the FBI seized Senator Richard Burr's cell phone in order to continue its investigation into his insider trading scandal which you may remember we covered shortly after the news broke in early March. For those of you who don't remember the details, ProPublica reported that Senator Burr, as well as a number of his colleagues, particularly Kelly Loeffler, Dianne Feinstein, and James Infoe, had all made suspicious stock trades in February. Burr in particular was notable because he dumped stock in the hospitality industry, so hotels and such, thus saving himself millions of dollars when that market crashed during the beginning of the coronavirus outbreak. At the time at which he sold the stocks, Richard Burr was publicly insisting that the government had the coronavirus outbreak under control and everything would soon return to normal. However, he did advise several of his wealthy donors that the virus would have a severe negative impact on the economy. 
Burr insisted he was innocent and called for an FBI investigation to prove said innocence. Based on the fact that they've seized his phone, it seems he's gotten it, although certainly not in the manner that he wanted. After his phone was seized, Burr stepped down from his post as the chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee, claiming that he was doing so temporarily in order to ensure that his colleagues would not be distracted by the ongoing investigation. Personally, I think it's more than likely that he's going to be out of the position for good. From where I stand, this case seems pretty open and shut. It's really blatantly insider trading. As a number of outlets have been reported, he traded in far higher volume in February than he would normally does even in an entire business quarter. And despite his reputation as a below-average stock picker, he made trades that were perfect for saving him large amounts of money and not at all consistent with what he was publicly saying at the time he made them. So the FBI seizing his phone is probably bad news for Burr, to put it, sh to put it bluntly. Now, the other scandal that struck the Republican Party slash the Trump administration this week is a very familiar one. On Friday, Mike Pompeo fired an investigator looking into U.S. arms sales to Saudi Arabia, among other matters. The most immediately relevant of those matters? Whether Secretary Pompeo used his authority to get staffers to run personal errands for him. Obviously, Pompeo firing a staff... a investigator who was looking into misconduct by... committed by him caused a massive uproar in Congress and in the media. Even some Republican senators have demanded an explanation for why Trump and Pompeo fired the inspector general, an explanation beyond the one they gave, which is, we lost confidence in him. However, based on the record of the people leading this charge, I expect it'll peter out quickly. Their... Susan Collins and Charles Grassley, the utterly supine senator from Maine and one of the administration's biggest defenders, respectively. So I imagine the Republican Party will take their typical approach of make a big public stink about it now and promise to investigate it and hope it goes away. They are fortunately aided in this by, as I discussed in the beginning of this podcast, Trump's sons and their dumbass antics on live television, which have taken almost all the air out of the conversation. Admittedly, this scandal shows no signs of abating yet, but it's unclear what Congress could or would do to rein in the administration at this point, especially since they've more or less given a blank him a blank check to do whatever he wants with after the impeachment vote. Obviously, over at Drunk Gossip, we live in hope that things will get better, but... I'm afraid it's very much unlikely to do so. Also, as states continued to reopen, the United States passed its latest coronavirus death milestone, namely 90,000 deaths so far. Here is hoping that that trend goes downward rather than upwards at this point. Well, that was a real cheerful way to end, wasn't it? Anyways... Thank you all for tuning in. I'm Will, and this has been Drunk Gossip. Until next time, cheers!